0: scrambles left winds up he's got time at the
1: 10 to the back yes. to the end zone touchdown and
0: a dagger yannis into the lane yannis spinning fading shot
1: up God for yannis at
0: the buzzer bucks win it
1: Brewer fans, welcome to the Brewer's Children Podcast. This, as you know, is the diehard podcast for Brewer fans who enjoy cheering for the Brewers and also enjoy drinking a lot of beer, which is what I did tonight as the Brewers lose in heartbreaking fashion in the most unforgettable way ever running a little off script here because my mind is still trying to process what happened but in case you don't know i am tyler your host aka t plush and i'm joined with my good buddy trevor bender aka sunshine and you can find him on twitter at bender underscore trevor and of course you can find our podcast at trilogy underscore pod we are the wisconsin sports trilogy we tweet about the bucks packers and brewers but, as you know, we're discussing the Brewers' heartbreaking 4-3 to loss tonight. Um, I mean, the, the game couldn't have gone any better for the Brewers. You're leading through the first seven innings, powered by a Grandal two-run homer in the first, a Thames solo shot in the second. You use Brandon Woodruff, Brett Suter, Drew Pomerantz. You give the ball to Hader in the eighth, expecting him to go the last two innings, and it just... It doesn't work out. It's, oh, it is a heartbreaking loss. And, Trevor, take it away. I know you're dying in there too. How, how are you feeling about this loss?
0: Not, not great. (laughs) Uh, I am just at a loss for words. Um, So, I think I'm gonna pull up a tweet from one of our college buddies because i thought he summed it up perfectly and shout out to you ben at bennybj96 on twitter in my 23 and a half years of life it's been the same story all wisconsin sports teams give you just enough hope until the last possible second and then they rip your heart out and step on it why haven't i learned I don't know ben why haven't we fucking learned because this happens all the time this this was just such a frustrating loss because this game was set up absolutely perfect and tyler and i were talking about this this game was probably exactly what craig council was dreaming up will you get woody to go for and realistically, that's all he was going to be capable of doing in this game. He's pitched four innings since he came back, um, two innings stints twice. So you can't expect him to pitch more than that. And then Suter comes in, has a good inning. Drew Pomerantz has some two good innings. Did I miss anyone in there? I don't think so. Um, and... It's setting up perfect to have Hader come in for two innings, something he's done many times with the six-out save. Um, And something he's done a lot of is get six strikeouts in the six-out saves. And a lot of times it's six in a row. And all of a sudden, Josh Hader comes out, and you can tell from the beginning that he just doesn't look like Josh Hader. Something was not right. He he wasn't good. He wasn't good at all. He wasn't normal Josh Hader. Um, They said on the broadcast after the game that nine times out of ten, Josh Hader closes that game, but the Nationals caught him on his one day that he is off, and they made him pay for it, and Grisham made a terrible play on the ball. I just it should have been tied going into the ninth. There's no way that that ball should have got past Grisham on top of hater sucking. You have to make the easy plays. And that, that was an easy play that you have to make. It's Tyler and I were talking about this when it happened that I thought he was just trying to make a play at home. And Tyler said he probably wouldn't have been able to make the play. So just get in front of the ball and make the play. And, I guess hindsight is 20-20. You just got to get in front of the fucking ball and live to fight another freaking inning. Ugh. I, I agree
1: 100%. And what makes it even more frustrating is how they even got to that point. I mean, Hader strikes the first batter out. Then there's that questionable hit by the pitch, which I still think it hit the bat first, you know, but it's one of those... It's one of those calls where, like, if it if it was called, you know, it hit the bat first, they wouldn't be able to overturn that. But because it was called a hit by batter, it's almost impossible to overturn, you know, because all Brewer fans see it as it hit the bat. All national fans see it as a hit by pitch. It's, it's just one of those things. But then he strikes out the next batter. Then they get that broken bat, a uh, little bloop single to get runners on the corners, which brings Anthony Rendon up. And Rendon's been terrible all game. And at first, I kind of thought Hayter was pitching around him because he missed quite badly, but as Trevor pointed out, he was pretty bad today to begin with. Um, but then he gets he gets behind 3-0, then throws two strikes, and ends up walking him. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm like, I'll take the soda matchup. You know, lefty versus lefty. And then, yeah, as Trevor already described, disaster, disaster struck. Uh, I mean, but you look at the other pitchers in this game, Trevor's right. It couldn't have gone any perfect. Brandon Woodruff was incredible. He struck his first batter out throwing a hundred miles per hour, which we saw him reach that in the regular season. Well, maybe not a hundred, but at least 99, 98, um, before his injury. Um, so it wasn't too surprising to see that, um, and then Brett Suter kind of struggled a little bit, ended up with, I think it was a 27 pitch inning, um, but still, you know, only gave up a hit, didn't give up any runs. Drew Pomeranz continued his dominance and really pleading his case for why the Brewers should bring him back by pitching two innings, two strikeouts, no hits, no walks, no earned runs. Uh, some people can argue, hey, maybe Drew Pomeranz should have got the eighth, but I mean, really, Pomeranz for three innings. Uh, it just doesn't make sense in my mind. It it still makes sense. You give Hader the ball for the last two out or last two innings because it's a win or go home game. I mean, that's what you do. You give your ball, give the ball to the best bullpen pitcher, and yeah, Wisconsin sports find a way to fuck it up, unfortunately tonight, and and it hurts. It sucks. Um, I don't know what else to say, really.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. <sighs> The the people calling out council that, and it, ha, it was happening instantly. As soon as Hater didn't have his stuff, it was happening instantly. And we're recording, oh, I don't know, 20 minutes after the game. And people are instantly calling out council for making this decision. Stop it. This is 100% the right decision because if, like I said, 90% of the time, Hater is making that save. And if it would have been the 90% instead of the 10%, you wouldn't have said anything about this decision. This was 100% the correct decision. That has Council has used Hater for two years now, and you don't change what you do just because it's a wildcard game. That's literally our best pitcher who is very capable of going two innings very capable of having two inning saves, there is no reason for everyone calling out counsel. This was on hater he wasn't he wasn't himself he wasn't good. he didn't pitch well, and I'm sure he's gonna take all the credit for this one or not credit whatever. I can't even think of words right now, but he's gonna take all the blame and you it It happens especially to Wisconsin sports. It's just so demoralizing uh. yeah, it is and and
1: think about how Trent Grisham feels right now. I mean, the guy coming up as a rookie has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I was high on him from when he first came up and started tearing the league up, obviously not to the level Kesson here I did at least offensively, uh but for him, I mean. I guess one positive to take away is, like, you have to think at least this was a good playoff slash learning experience for both of the rookies. I mean, I fully expect Grisham and Heera to be pieces of the Brewers' organization moving forward. And I know I know Keston struck out his first three at-bats um, before getting his first base hit. Um, Trent Grisham uh, doesn't get a hit at all, um, gets a walk um, which was his first at bat of the night. And then I, that air is going to haunt him. I mean, I feel for him too. Um, and I understand he wanted to make a play, but yeah, the, the nationals had pinch runners on base. There was no chance of getting the runner out at home It was you're basically playing for the tie at that point And Grisham found a way to mess it up. Um, Unfortunately, so chalk it up to rookie mistakes. I, I don't know it. Either way, it's it's not good for the Brewers because obviously it resulted in a loss. Um, now, Trevor, what else do you have?
0: Uh, um, I had something else, but I can't think of what I wanted to talk about. Um, so I guess. I'm going to talk about a positive that we have a lot of pieces coming back. Um, I know there's some pieces that are going to be going away, but we have Yellich coming back, Lorenzo Cain, who started to figure it out even with the injuries late in the year. Um, then we have Grisham. We have Hira. And... The biggest, not the biggest one, the biggest one's Yelich, but having Brandon Woodruff and watching him pitch in this game just made me feel so good. And I know you guys should know at this point, and I know, Tyler, you know that I am 100% on the bandwagon that is Brandon Woodruff. He is an unbelievable pitcher and i imagine is going to be the ace of this staff and i am super excited to see what he can do in the future and i think this year is just the starting point i think he can skyrocket from here
1: i think you're absolutely
0: right i mean his fastball tonight
1: not only was it up there in velocity but holy shit was it dancing and moving around uh it was breaking, at least into right handed hitters like crazy, away from lefties, obviously, then, um, up at 98, 99 miles per hour. And yeah, you're right. I mean, Brandon Woodruff, in case you forgot, started game seven against the Dodgers, which I think is part of the reason why he got the nod tonight um, for that experience uh, pitching, you know, in a do or die game. And you know if the injury doesn't happen you have to look forward and kind of say like if the Brewers find themselves in this position next year you have to have full confidence that Woodruff healthy um, will go 7-8 innings um, be that ace that the Brewers need I mean that kind of gets overrated in today's MLB but he's got the stuff and healthy Brandon Woodruff yeah completely changes things a little bit um, another positive to kind of take out of this is the fact that the Brewers, they've created a playoff culture now, really. I mean, this is back to back years. We talked about it first time since the 80s that they've done that. And I know Christian Yell just talked a little bit about it, how his time in Milwaukee has been incredible. And yeah, obviously, it helps when you're making it to the postseason. Um, but Brewers have played meaningful games late into September, into October for three years in a row now. And. A lot of the same guys are still there. Um, but, you know, obviously it sucks when you back up to the beginning of the year and you think, like, all right, you know, opening day, all right, Brewers finish one game away from the World Series. We brought in Grandal. We brought back Moustakis. Um, the offense clearly you would have thought got better. We added pieces. We can make that you know, that leap. And we just didn't quite see it this year. And, I guess I don't want to say we didn't quite see it this year because if Hader becomes his lockdown self, the Brewers have the potential to to make another deep run. It just, it just didn't fall our way this year. So in a World Series or bust year where we now have the Moose and Grandal contract expiring, it it kind of leaves a question mark over the organization to what's next year going to look like if those guys don't return. Obviously, feel confident that you want both of them to return. I don't know if there's a Brewer fan out there who can say that they don't want any of them to um, because Grandal really called a great game tonight. I think that was kind of criticized early in the season um, especially with the pitching struggles from the starter's perspective anyway and how he was calling games but it got better throughout the year and today it was incredible. Uh, I know the national media TBS announcers were talking a lot about how Woodruff was throwing high fastballs throughout the entire game and not a lot of breaking balls but I don't. I don't think that information was true. I saw him lead off a few batters with a changeup, um, especially in the fourth inning. He threw primarily breaking balls, and granted, he was seeing what three, three, four, five. I think that inning, so it makes sense to keep him off balance. But I mean, his defense was on point, which is what Brewer fans obviously remember from the Dodgers series. And yeah, there's a lot of question marks hanging over those two guys, and it's definitely going to
0: make for an interesting off season. Yeah, it definitely will. Um, I am just, I'm so upset right now, Tyler. And I keep seeing more things on Twitter about people saying it was a terrible decision by Craig Council. And it's really pissing me off. So I am currently in the process of sending a tweet from our podcast Twitter because people need to shut up about this.
1: Yeah, I understand. People are hurting, and we all are, too. Like, you you think the easiest thing to do is blame the manager in these situations. But Council made all the right moves. The players, they just didn't execute. And you would have thought, you know, with the home run problems Josh Hader had, maybe that would have been the deciding factor in the game. But no, it was... It was a string of bad, unfortunate luck, and it's something that us Wisconsin sports fans have seen way too often, uh, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I think I'm trying to think back. I don't remember if anyone was warming up in the bullpen while Josh Hader is pitching, so Trevor can correct me during that or not. But you have to stick with him. I mean, Dave Martinez from the Nationals, he stuck with Scherzer. I mean, he went pretty deep ish i guess into the game what five innings i think if i remember correctly uh yeah five innings and he gave up three earned runs and he had a september era over five um and then the managers they put their trust in their players and the guys who they expect to perform and at the end of the day it's not the manager's fault so i we need to put that notion aside i mean it's, it's just bullshit in my
0: opinion I would agree, and we're talking about this Wisconsin sports thing. It's not only the Brewers. Like the Bucks went into the Eastern Conference Finals one two in a row, going up two zero. You're like, okay, all you have to do, all you have to do is win two of the next five games, and they lose four in a row. Too soon, <laughs> too soon. And now the Brewers. You give the ball, which again is the correct call, to your best pitcher, and he can't get it done. So now the cynic in me is just like, okay, what are the Badgers going to do? Are they going to go up 21 nothing on Ohio State and then lose and not be able to get into the playoffs because they lose in the Big Ten championship? Oh. Or what the hell is going to happen? What are the Packers going to do to fuck this up? Ugh, I...
1: Fuck Ohio State. I mean,
0: (laughs) how dare you bring them up? Ugh. I know, I know, but it's just... Right now, I am at, like, close to an all-time low in terms of pessimistic. Normally, I am very optimistic going into games, going into um, seasons. I am very optimistic for the most part, but right now, I am just at an all-time low. (laughs)
1: I hear you. I mean, something to maybe, maybe boost it up a little bit. And I don't know if this is part of Craig Council's offensive game plan, at least during this game or not, or if it was something the hitters just decided they wanted to do up, go out and do. But they ambushed the shit out of all the Nationals pitchers tonight. I mean, Yasmani Grandal, his two-run homer, uh, yep, that was on the first pitch. And then his second at-bat, he had a hard foul ball. Um, or, excuse me, that was his third at-bat. His second at-bat, he had a deep line-out to deep right. Um, just missed another home run. Then his third at-bat, he had the eight-pitch walk, but a hard foul ball on the first pitch. Um, which was something we saw out of Grandal during the season. When he was swinging early, he was hitting more home runs because usually he's that patient hitter. But even Braun, he had a hard line-out. Kane had a hard line-out. But then you think Arcia had a hit on a first pitch. Braun had a hit on a first pitch. Uh, and so they were... They were going after it, so, I mean, people always say, hey, you know, screw you, Council, for putting your best relief pitcher out there, which doesn't make any sense. Um, But, hey, give them some credit because they they really did their scouting report well on Max Scherzer and kind of changed, I don't want to say changed the way, but they altered the way they kind of went about this offensive season by attacking on the first pitch, and it really caught the Nationals off guard, and it was enough to win the game. Until it wasn't, which is still unfortunate.
0: (laughs) I'm going to be honest, Tyler. I've got nothing left to talk about this game, and I feel like it was just me complaining the whole time, and I didn't even talk about the game, but that's what I needed to do. So hopefully you guys agree with that and needed someone to just vent so you could get your frustrations out too. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard to find positives in a game like this. I tried a little, but ultimately, I know you're hurting Brewer fans, and, and it sucks. I mean, especially going on the September run we did to even get into this position, you, many people doubted the fact <laughs> we could do it. And to be so close to advancing to the NLDS again, uh, it it hurts, and I understand. So... Take, you know, take the next day, take the next week, take the next month, however long you need to recover. Don't watch any postseason baseball. I know Trevor doesn't plan on it because he's he's pissed off at the baseball gods right now, and I am too. Um, so take as long as you need. I mean, find comfort in the fact that... We have other successful sports out there right now, despite, you know, we mentioned their struggles, but Bucks have a new season coming up. Packers are on top of the NFC North. Brewers, they start again March 26th. That's opening day against the Cubbies. We can always say, fuck the Cubs, right? I mean, they didn't even make it to the postseason, so we're doing better than they are right now. They don't even have a manager to their club, so screw those guys. I mean... <laughs> Uh, Trevor, any closing remarks for this 2019 Brewer season at all?
0: Well, for most of the season, um, basically, what June? Well, I guess not most of this. Eh, it's a lot of the season. June through August was pretty miserable, um, but the stretch in the beginning run when it was a very tough schedule that they had to go up against, um, you know, playing the Cardinals, however many times they played the Cardinals at the beginning of the year. And then this ending run, it's, there was a lot of fun. Um, and the Brewers could have, and probably should have had a better season. And I wish we could have saw, um, kind of that full bullpen when if like Jeremy didn't struggle and Corey Canable didn't get hurt and Bobby Wall didn't get hurt. Like I would have liked to see all of those guys out there that would have been fun, really fun. And then Hader went ahead to go two innings in this one. Um, but I think it was overall a fairly successful season. They got in the playoffs again. Um, obviously it ended too early, but, they still made it to the playoffs. They're still showing that they have fight and want to continue to try to get back to where they were plus some. Um, and hopefully we see a lot of that next year. And I think a lot of that's going to come down to David Stearns and what he's able to do in the off season with bringing back Grandall and Moustakis, hopefully, or finding some new pitching or what he's going to do.
1: It, it will be an interesting off season. You're right. And see comfort in the fact that you know only four teams make it to the the true playoffs you know the nlds series and the brewers they were one game away and yeah like you said back-to-back years in the playoffs that's that is what david stern said was his was a goal going into the year obviously he would have liked more we all would have but It's establishing a culture here. It's establishing a new movement. It's establishing the Brewers as a respectable organization, um, which is something they haven't been for a long time. So seek pride in that, that your team, as Trevor said, rose up to all the adversity of the season and really overcame a lot of injuries, uh, a lot of performances from players who should have been a lot better, Um, some who will be returning, some who won't. Um, But, I mean... That's the joys of baseball. You just you never know what you're gonna get in this silly game of failures and that we that we like to cheer for. So you have to you have to really over exaggerate the successes and a playoff season is nothing to be ashamed of. But with that being said, I think I think we'll wrap this podcast up. Um, as I said, we are the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod or Facebook, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. And we'll still have some Brewer podcasts coming out this off season. but I know if you're a big Wisconsin sports fan like us, look for the Packers and for the Bucks podcast because those seasons are... They're kind of more, a little more relevant right now, unfortunately. So, check those out, and until next time, peace out.
0: Cold brewer.